Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. There's a lot of history at the Calgary Stampede, and people love to talk about that history. But you know what the Stampede doesn't want to talk about? The history of sexual assault that is actually associated with the event. In fact, the Stampede has spent years trying to fight this. They wanted to sweep it under the rug, but now that has all changed with an actual settlement of a class action lawsuit. And for many of you out there, it might be the first time you've even heard about this. Well, Carrie Tate's been writing about it. Reporter for The Globe and Mail joins us now to talk about it. Carrie, thanks for being here. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. Now, tell me about this class action suit. Where did this come from? Well, this ties back, there's sort of two legal things that happen when we're talking about the Calgary Stampede and this idea of failing to protect young boys. There was one of the marquee shows of the Calgary Stampede is the Young Canadians, that song and dance troupe that you see after the chuck wagons with fireworks and jazz hands. And there was a man who was involved in that called Philip Harima. And he did go to jail in 2018 for sexually exploitive acts related to six members of that troupe. So that was in 2018. But in 2017, there was a class action lawsuit that launched separately. And it went after the Calgary Stampede for failing to protect boys who were under or who were in Harima's orbit. And that has been winding its way through court uh, since 2017. Okay. And so what was the Calgary Stampede's kind of reaction to these stories when they were coming out? The Calgary Stampede, sort of most recently tied to the lawsuit, would say, uh, they would say, you know, this, this is horrific. But they fought the lawsuit. They were not willing to settle. They said, we... Uh, they would not concede wrongdoing and would say that they're not liable for Harima's actions. That was him, not the Calgary Stampede. But the men who were suing the Stampede were arguing, you know, not that Stampede committed the acts of sexual exploitation or abuse, but that it should have been protecting young boys in the young Canadians. These were minors. And that it didn't vet uh, Harima, it didn't properly oversee him. And then most damning that when the Calgary Stampede, oh, like high ranking officials did receive reports of either abuse or concern that it did not adequately respond. Okay. And so how many boys are we talking about here? This is tricky. So the class action lawsuit ends up spanning decades. It reaches all the way back to, I believe, 1987. And so any boy who was in the class or in the young Canadians at that time, or a volunteer, a contractor, an employee, sort of anything related. However, that's just sort of generally how class actions work. If you fall under this giant umbrella, you're in the class. But of course, this is there are degrees of suffering here, and 
some of the people who have come forward or are participating in the class say they were victims of Harima's toxic bullying. And some, of course, were victims of um, sexually exploitive acts. And even within that, of course, there's, and, you know, it's difficult to phrase this, but tears of some are more damaging and harming than others. The lawyers for the case have not outright said right now how many men are in the class action or in the class itself. And so we don't have a precise idea. I have been told in the past by the lawyers that there's maybe two or three dozen men who would fall into the category who suffered from um, more damaging harm at the hands of Harima. Oh boy. Okay. And so they've now worked out a settlement on this. There's a, the Calgary Stampede is admitting what? So the Calgary Stampede last July agreed to um, be responsible for liability. Not, you know, they're not conceding full responsibility, but that they, they would cover the costs and the damages. So yesterday, a tentative deal was announced for $9.5 million. And now this jumps out because last June, even just last June, they were still saying they uh, were not responsible for this. So there was a sharp turnaround in their ta- tactics. We don't yet know why. Um, they ha- will not speak publicly until the deal is settled. But right now, there's a tentative deal in the works. It still needs the approval of the judges, uh, pardon me, of a judge. And it's, they still need to sort out who gets how much money. But this is so much further considering than they ever were, considering this was launched in 2017. Oh, wow. Okay. It's taken a long time to get here. Um, yeah. Are there... Is it Calgary Stampede? Is this like Carrie, one of those organizations where, you know, somebody was told and nobody did anything? Like, are there protections in place in case this ever happened again? Well, this is tricky. This, again, becomes these, this, there's sort of two moments that were revealed in the lawsuit. And one is in 1988, there is an alleged victim who said that he told the head of the grandstand show um, you know, at a party that Philip abuses, uh, Philip Harima abused him. And in the lawsuit, he claims he was told, you know, you can't say things like that. That'll have serious consequences, sort of indicating you can't be part of the young Canadians if you make such statements. So that's the first instance, documented instance that we know of someone in Stampede aware. Then you have to fast forward all the way to 2008 before a uh, complaints come within from another instructor within the Young Canadians. I, I believe it was a gymnastics instructor, flagged their concerns for the senior leaders and sort of said, I'm watching the way this person interacts with the young, with the boys. I'm worried we don't know everything, concerns over their safety. And then there's some emails about the questions around Harima. So there, there was definitely people within Stampede at least by 2008, and if not by, you know, 1988, that we're aware that there was, if not outright problems, that they should be looking to see if there are problems. Right. Okay. So you'd like to think that that changes with this um, and, and that this will help out the situation. So did they change any policies or anything as a result of this? Stampede has said that they've changed policies 
um, we haven't quite seen the full accounting. Part of the settlement was also that there will be, you know, enhancements um, made. It's not as though it was exceptionally sloppy prior, though. I mean, there were rules in place. It's just that people weren't following the rules. So you can put all the rules in place you want. The difference is, do you have people in place who will take action when they become aware of something that's problematic or could be problematic. Oh my gosh, Carrie, I think you just nailed it right there, right? So many organizations need that rule right there. Carrie, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Appreciate that. That's Carrie Tate. Carrie's a reporter for the Globe and Mail. And that's exactly it. You can have all the rules in place, but unless somebody goes, yeah, that doesn't look right. I'm going to actually do something about it rather than being, oh, it's probably fine. Uh, That is what makes all the difference, right?